it is good to see all of you this morning. And I, I want to wish a special welcome to those that are here for the first time. I've already met a number of guests that are here for the first time. It's possible you're here because somebody's getting baptized today. And so you're here to support them. We're just glad that you're here, part of things. This is going to be a good day today. Also, once again, want to welcome those with us online. Before I jump into our message here today, I just want to give you a, just a clue on something that's happening next Sunday. If you haven't been around the last several weeks. Uh, there's something that we do here as a congregation called Kingdom Builders. There's a group of people who, who, yeah, they give their normal tithes and offerings, but they are passionate to see the kingdom of God expanded around the world, that Jesus, the hope of Christ, would be brought to places where it currently isn't. And so there's people throughout the year that give toward Kingdom Builders. Uh, but once a year, we get together and we have what we call our Kingdom Offering. Uh, where we allow everybody who wants to be a part of that to engage and to give something. And so throughout this year, we'll be talking more about this next Sunday, uh, but we've already seen over $70,000 come in toward our kingdom builders, and we've done so many different projects around the world, again, bringing the hope of Christ where it's never been before. Uh, but next Sunday, we're going to be taking our kingdom offering, and so I want you to be aware of that. Uh, I'll be sharing some stuff online throughout the week, uh, preparing for that, but next Sunday, we'll be doing that and allowing all of you to participate as you'd like to, and I believe God's going to do some amazing things. My prayer is that, that we push up against the $100,000 this year in terms of imp impacting the world with the hope of Christ. And I pray that you would pray about being a part of that, all right? Awesome. Well, this morning I get to continue with the series that we kicked off last Sunday. Uh, we kicked off this series, Cash Values, as yes, we are talking about money, all right? And I said this last week uh, that if you were invited as a guest, you know, and this is your first time, you know, the person who brought you is like, seriously, Greg, <laughs> you're talking about money on the day I invited somebody, okay? That's the last thing I wanted you to talk about today, and I totally get that. So give your friend a break, give your family a break, okay? Um, but but we, we have to dig into this thing. And I say that as a church, oftentimes when it comes to money and stuff, honestly, we err on one of two sides. Some people err by talking about money too much. We're always talking about money. You think about the televangelist, like, give me your money, give me your money. I'm like, okay, you got to back off, dude, okay? But the other side is that we don't talk about money at all because we're uncomfortable by it and we don't want to deal with that. So we just don't talk about it. And I say both of those are wrong. As I shared last Sunday, the reason we talk about money is twofold. Number one, we all know that money and stuff can be the source of a lot of headaches and problems in this world and in our lives. Like a lot of relationship problems really stem to money issues that we got going on, okay? But more than that, I say this, that Jesus, other than the kingdom of God, spoke more about money and stuff than anything else. So if Jesus talked about it a lot, we should take some time to address that. So again, I apologize if you're new. This isn't something I want to talk about all the time. But every year, we take some time and we talk about money and stuff because I believe it's critical and it's important in our faith. And so in this series, we're talking about cash values. We're looking at three values that we see throughout Scripture and applying those ideas to our money. And how do we wrestle with this thing? And my hope in this series is that we will be challenged in our hearts, but also challenged in our hands. How do we respond to this? And today's message is a 180-degree pivot from what our world says we should do when it comes to money. And so I hope this challenges you. You got your Bibles? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse number 14. Would you stand with me across the room? So we're going to read our primary text here this morning. Again, if you're new, there's nothing sacred about standing. It's just what we do to say, God, we value your words over my words. And this is a bit of a longer one. I'm reading a whole parable here. So you got to use your imaginations. This is a story. And so use your imaginations as we kind of prepare for this one. All right. Matthew chapter 25, beginning of verse 14 says this. Jesus said this. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey. 
who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. He said, Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Goes on, he says, the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Finally, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I do have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. God, I pray that this story that you spoke 2,000 years ago would be more than that. And Lord, I pray that you would take the truths of this story and dig it into our hearts, that we would see as we ought to, God. We live in a world that oftentimes is trying to convince us of how we should think. Lord, I pray that instead we would think the way you want us to think. So teach us this morning. We open our ears and we open our hearts to that. We pray that in Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. You can be seated. All right, honest moment. How many of you have ever done something really dumb? You've done something really dumb? Okay. Okay. That's right. All right. You women out there know that the men, we do a lot of things dumb, don't we? Okay. On a regular basis. Uh, you know, there's those moments where you do something and like in a split second you make a decision and you're like, why did I do that? You hurt yourself. You break something. You do that kind of thing. Uh, I, I did this a couple of years. This was probably five, ten years ago. I had one of those just stupid moments in life, okay? So I was at an event, and I had one of those uh, Hello, My Name Is tags on. You know what I'm talking about, the Hello, My Name stickers? Those things don't stick to anything, right? They're constantly falling off and peeling off, whatever. So I'm at this event, and at the end of the event, I kind of get all of my stuff gathered up, right? I get all my stuff, and I got my hands full of stuff, and this thing is peeling off my shirt. And so I lean to a garbage can, you know, and I'm just trying to, and I just kind of do this kind of thing, because I got my hands full, and I kind of do this, try and push the thing off, and the sticker doesn't fall off. And I'm like, for crying out loud, it doesn't stick to anything. And all of a sudden, the sticker now sticks to my hand. So now I've got a sticker on my hand. And again, I'm just, this is dumb. My hands are full, and I'm just like, finally, I'm just trying to do this. Like, brush, get in the garbage can. Well, you know, I do this, and the sticker sticks to my lip. And I think, oh, for crying out loud. I drop my thing, I go, and a hunk of my lip is stuck to the sticker. Not, I'm not exaggerating. I looked at it, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> okay, it is gross. It was awful. Right, for the next two months, I've got a lip that looks disgusting. All because there's this moment. I'm like, stupid, Greg. Why did you do that? Just take it off with your hand, Greg. Okay, don't be dumb like that. Right. 
<laughs> you're like, where's he going to go from here? <laughs> right? When you look at Scripture, as it relates to money, Scripture has so much to talk about money. My favorite book is the book of Proverbs when it talks about money because Proverbs has just a lot of very practical evidence. And if I could sum up what Proverbs has to say about money, it's this. Don't be dumb. <laughs> just don't be dumb. Like, don't do stupid things. I think a lot of times we get overly complex when it comes to money. Like, we're like, oh, I've got to figure it. No, no, no. Just, like, don't do stupid things when it comes to your money. Like, think it through a little bit. Okay, I'll give you some examples. Here's what it says in Proverbs 10.4. It says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Like, don't be lazy. It's super simple. Okay, the next section says this. Those who will work the land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Like, get a job. Don't keep buying lottery tickets. All right? That's a good idea. Like very basic things. Third one here, it says this. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. That's a good philosophy, right? Like don't spend everything you have. You should save a little bit every once in a while, right? And if you do that over a period of time, you're going to have money that you otherwise wouldn't have. And then the last one, some of you can feel this one exactly. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Some of you know that feeling. Right now in life, you owe so much money because you have spent money you did not have, right? And how many know that feeling when you're like, you almost feel suffocated because I have so much debt right now? And I'm like, this is true. And so I'm not trying to be funny here. The reality is sometimes we make money complex and we just don't do some, like, don't spend more than you have. Some of these basic things, they're, they're very important. And I know that the idea of money can be challenging for a lot of us. And so we actually think it's really important. We've got a couple here in the church who has uh, just has spent a lifetime in the financial industry and has a lot of value to bring. And so we're looking in the month of January of having a workshop here on finances because I've, I've learned some of the stuff that they've talked about and it is powerful stuff. And so just know that's going to be available to us at the beginning of the year. And many of you, I think, are going to need to take part in something like that, okay? All right, so those are the basic philosophies, like don't be dumb when it comes to money, I get that. But as a follower of Christ, that's a pretty low rung. <laughs> like we should be a little higher than just like don't be dumb when it comes to money. And so that's kind of the point of this series. And so last week, what did we talk about? The value of trust. Trust, this whole idea of trusting God, even financially, how do we trust God? And so we talked about the idea of the tithe. If you missed last week's message, I would encourage you to go back and watch that message. But here's the problem, even after last week's message, here's the problem. If we aren't careful, we can still have the wrong mindset. What do I mean? We can begin asking this question. What part of my money am I trusting God with? What part of my money am I trusting God with? We can see our money and our finances as this distinct thing that we possess. It is ours to give when we want to. That's the mindset that a lot of us can have. But is that really the mindset of a follower of Christ? Hear this. The message that we're going to give today is to, for a follower of Christ. If you consider yourself a follower of Christ, this message is a challenge for you. If you're a guest here and you don't consider yourself a follower of Christ, there is still some really important stuff for you. And I have something at the end of this message that is just for you, all right? So as we dig in this, first value, trust. The second value that we're going to look at today is this, the value of stewardship. The value of Stewardship, And so to get a hold of this, I want to dig into the story that we just read together from Matthew chapter 25. As always, when we look at Scripture, we've got to ask the question, what is the context? What is the context? We can't just pluck verses out and make them say what we want to. Like, what is this really saying? So what's going on in this story? Jesus' disciples come to him, and they ask him questions like, what's going to happen in the end? 
Like the end times. You have those friends like that. They're just all super excited about the end times. That's what they're going to Tell us about this. Tell us about this. And so Jesus teaches them some things about the end. And he tells them three parables, three different stories. And each of these kind of speak a little truth to them. Now, what is a parable? Some of you are like, I've never even heard of what a parable is. You know parables, the parable of the, the good Samaritan and things like that. But what is a parable? A parable is a story that has a very clear point to it. Right? It's not meant to be every little element of this story matches perfect with something else. If you push the parables too far, sometimes you get into dangerous territory. But the point is, Jesus is trying to communicate a very clear point to him. And so he has this story, as I just read to you. Some of you, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version one more time. What you got to do? Dude's got a bunch of stuff. He's about to leave for a little while. He calls his servants and he's like, all right, I'm giving you five bags of gold. I'm giving you two bags of gold. I'm giving you one bag of gold. I'm going to be gone for a while. Do something with it, okay? So he leaves for a while. He comes back. He calls five bag guy. He's like, five bag guy, come over here. What have you got? Five bad guy got five more bags. He's like, well done, good and faithful service. Then we got two bad guy, two bags, get over here, okay? And two bags got two more bags. He's like, yes, I got two bags, sweet. Well done, good and faithful servant. One bad guy comes over here. He's like, what'd you do? He's like, I was afraid I'd lose your money. I didn't want to do something wrong, so I buried it, and here's your one bag left. The guy's like, you wicked and lazy servant, right? So what's the point of this story? So, you know, some of you probably heard this story several times in your life. But the story in a nutshell is this. God's the owner. We're the servants. God holds us accountable. That's it. God's the owner. We're the servants. God holds us accountable. God is the owner. It's easy to think that everything we have is ours, right? But the reality, it's been entrusted to us. For those of you who were here last week, you know I talk, I talk about this with my kids all the time, okay? My kids think they own things. They think they own clothes. They think they have a bedroom. They think they have all these things. And I have to remind, listen, you came into this world buck naked and with nothing in your pockets, okay? Like, not, you came with less than enough. You cost me money when you came into this world, <laughs> like, right? Like, you're at a net loss right now, all right? And, and I love I love that I will buy you clothes, right? I'll give you the room, but daddy and mommy will take it back if you're not treating it right, okay? Like, that's how it is. Like, it's not theirs. It's mine, and they better take care of it, okay? Everything is God's. But we are the servants. We are just like my kids. Everything we have is ultimately his. Everything. Doesn't matter what you talk, you name any part, any facet of your life, ultimately it's his. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but the parable makes it clear. We are accountable to what he has given us. And the question is, what do we do with what God has given us? Now, this idea has a range of applications for it, okay? You think about your life. There are so many ways that you can apply this principle to your life. You think about it, you can apply it to the, the idea of your time. Your time. Your time, you know, some of you young people, you're like, oh, I got a lot of life left, okay? How many know life goes fast, right? You blink and it's gone. Time is your one non-renewable resource. And the question is, what are you doing with the time that God has entrusted to you? What are you doing with it? Are you wasting it? Are you going to, like, honestly, over the last couple weeks, I found myself doing this a little bit too much on my phone, okay? And so I made a tweak to something over this last week because I was frustrated. I'm like, stop wasting time doing this, Greg. It's just, it just sucks your life, okay? <laughs> All right? 
But what are we doing with our time? Are we using it well or not? That's a good question we have to ask. It can do, be the same thing when it comes to our skills and our talents. Some of you got skills. You got talents. God has given you stuff. Are you using it for him or not? Like, are you being someone who's like, yeah, I'm being faithful with what you put in my hand. Or are you sitting on that thing? You know it. Like, some of you, actually, you walk in these doors, and there's things like, oh, I could help that get better. I'm actually really good at that. <laughs> I don't want to do anything with that, though. <laughs> like, that's just reality. Are you being faithful with what God's put into your hands? It can be the same with relationships that we have. Think about it. Some of you students, some of you adults, you've got people in your school, you've got people at work, you've got neighbors that you have that God has entrusted into your life. He's put into your life. Are you, are you being a good steward of that? Are you, are you taking what God has entrusted to you or are you wasting that? Right? It's a question we have to all ask ourselves. What am I doing with what God has given to me? The same thing is about our influence. Some of you got a lot of influence. Some of you don't have much influence, but it doesn't matter. Are you, are you leveraging the influence you have for his glory or not? Like, what are you doing with it? The last one is just our, comes to our money. The principle is the same. What am I doing with what God has given to me? If I recognize that I'm the servant who's been entrusted with them, some things, what am I doing with what he has entrusted into my hands? And so uh, as I always do around here, I have a big so what. I say, so what? What's the point of this thing? Elbow your neighbor if they fell asleep. There's one thing you, that you, I want you to take away this morning. It's this. It's all his. We are just stewards. Okay? It's all his. We are just stewards. That's the principle you need to understand. See, what is a steward? A steward is someone who takes care of somebody else's stuff. So in our lives, we have to change the way that we think. Rather than thinking, I am an owner of all the stuff that I've received, instead, I begin to think, I am a steward of what God has put into my hands. See how that's a change of thinking? It's a, it's a, it's a different way of seeing how we live our lives. Now, like I said, this has a huge range of implications, right? With our, with our time, with our skills, with our relationships, are we being a good steward of what God has given us? But here's what I love and my favorite part about this. It's that the point is not how much you have been given, but are you faithful with what you've been given? Okay? Because here's what can happen to a lot of us, and and you're going to understand this. There's times in life where we think about, well, I don't have that. If I had that much skill or talent, then I could do some stuff, right? If I had that much money, then I would really start to give, you know? Here's the good news. You're not responsible for what they have. You aren't. You think, oh, man, if I, like some, I, I say this all the time. I'm the introvert guy. Where, where the introverts are, like, just nod. You don't have to raise a hand. I won't make you do that. Straight, yep, I'm an introvert, okay? Like, sometimes for me, I look at my wife, and she's just like the bubbly extrovert and can go talk to anybody and everybody all the time. And, like, it's just work for me, just to be honest, okay? And I think, oh, I wish I could be more like my wife. Guess what? I'm not responsible for what my wife is like. I'm responsible for what I've been given. Can I steward the personality that God has given me? Can I do that well? Be faithful with what he's put in my hands, not what he's put in somebody else's hands. There's a story that Jesus tells, and I love this. Uh, I, there's a moment that happens in Scripture. It's not a story where Jesus is, is, goes to the temple with his disciples, and they're all hanging out. And all these people are bringing their gifts to the, their offerings to the temple, right? And there's a line of people bringing their offerings. And the disciples are like, look at all the people bringing the offerings, because there's all these rich dudes bringing their big bags of offerings and making a big deal. Look at what I'm giving. And then there's this little widow that shows up. And what does she do? She brings two little copper coins. And 
And I love this story because Jesus is like, guys, 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 look, look. And they're like, seriously, it's like two copper coins, not a big deal, Jesus. And Jesus is like, you don't understand. She gave more than everybody else. Why? Because she gave not out of her abundance. She gave out of the little that she had. She was faithful with what was in her hands. And this is probably going to set somebody free here today because you are not responsible for what somebody else has. You're only responsible to be faithful with what you have in your hands. You don't have to feel bad like, I don't have, I don't have. Doesn't matter. God's not going to hold you accountable to that. He's going to hold you accountable. What have you done with what I have given you? Are we going to be faithful with that? And at the end of my life, you know what I want to hear? Well done. Good and faithful servant. Success in my life is not, did I kill it? Did I make lots of money? Was I super famous? Did I do all this stuff? That's not success. Success in my life is saying, God, was I faithful with what you gave me? You want to know how freeing that is? Because trying to be famous, trying to make a name for you, all those kind of things, takes a little bit of luck. You, you can be good, but it takes a little bit of luck always. But guess what? It doesn't take any luck to be faithful. I just say, God, I'm going to do the best that I can with what you've given me day after day. And at the end of my life, I pray I hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And so when we take the principle and then apply it to our money, as we said, the question is, okay, God, am I a good steward of what you've put into my hands? Financially, everything that you've given me, like this needs to be the question. It isn't how am I doing with my money. The question I need to be asking as a follower of Christ is how am I stewarding God's money and his resources that he's put in my hands? Because I'm going to be accountable to that someday. Like what did I do with what he gave me? Was I faithful or not? That's what I am held accountable to. And so my prayer is that I will be someone who invests in eternal things, not just temporary things. My prayer is that I wouldn't be foolish and dumb with my money, but that I would be wise with every resource God has given me, right? Why? Because ultimately, it's not my money. I'm accountable to him and what he's put in my hands. That's my prayer over my life, and that's my prayer over every single one of us. But I think a lot of us, we, we miss this idea of stewardship and instead, we, we develop a different idea, and it's what I would call the little bucket focus. The little bucket focus, okay? I shared this a couple years ago, and I, and I just think this is helpful for us uh, to see. I think a lot of us, we think about the little buckets. What am I giving God? What have I put in the bucket? We used to use offering buckets. We don't pass those anymore, but COVID ruins everything, but that's fine. So... We would think about what would we put in the bucket? What am I giving to God, right? And so for some of us, they're like, oh, I give a little God something. Awesome. I get to keep out of my money. I give God a little bit of money every once in a while. Cool. Here's my money. Here's what I've given God. And then there's some of us who say, hey, we want to trust God, and we are tithers. We, got, we give God the first 10%, and God, we are trusting you with our finances, putting ourselves in this posture. We're giving you that money so that I can have my other 90% and do what I want to with it, Right? And although these things are okay, the problem is we develop a very corrupt mindset of what does it mean to be a follower of Christ. And so, Dan, I'm going to need your help up here because I think we need to transition ourselves from a little bucket focus to a big bucket focus. This is what it means to be a follower of Christ. You know, when we talk about the gospel around here, I talk about the gospel all the time. What is the gospel? The good news of what Jesus has done in the world. What is available to us through Christ. 
And when we follow Christ, we understand that the gospel says this, every single one of us, all of us, all of us were created in the image of God with infinite value and worth. But there is a problem because because of our sin, we have broken relationship with God. And we are separated from him. And there's literally nothing that we can do. I have conversations with people on a regular basis who say, that's what I feel. I feel this, this disconnect from God and I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to make anything better. I try to be a good person, but that doesn't fix anything. That's because it will never fix anything. You cannot save yourself. You can't. I wish I could say, yeah, here, do this little thing. No, no, that's not going to save you. You need a savior. And the good news of the gospel is this. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the good news of the gospel, okay? There is salvation available for you, and it's not on your terms. It's on his. It's available through what he has done for you, through his death and resurrection. If you put your belief and your hope and your faith in Christ, you can receive what you can never purchase for yourself. You can receive salvation. You can receive the the knowledge that your sin has been washed away. You can receive the hope of eternal life, not just temporary life, but eternal life in heaven. You can receive the joy and the hope and the life and the peace that only comes through Christ. That's what's available through the gospel. That's what's available through Christ. But it only comes on his terms. And what are his terms? You make him Lord of your life. What does it mean to be Lord? It means that you say, God, I believe who you are. But I'll just say that you're Lord. I say you are Lord over me. And I submit everything I am to you. It's an act of surrender to say, God, I give myself to you. And what does that mean? All of me gets in the bucket. There isn't just a little portion of me, and I think a lot of us, we know what happens in faith. Forget the money for a second. Some of us live our lives this way. God, I'll give you like that hour on Sunday. I'll put a little something in the little bucket, you know? You know, maybe I'll I'll read my Bible every once in a while, you know? But the rest of my life, I'm kind of doing things my way. Like, is this how, it's all about my thing? no. No, when you choose to follow Christ, you say, God, I'm all yours. All of my failures, all my weaknesses, all my successes, it all goes in the bucket. And the good news is he will receive you with arms wide open. He's not afraid of your junk, okay? But you got to give it to him. Say, God, I'm all yours. So in my life, it's about my time. My time is all here. It's not like I give you a little time in the little bucket. No, I give it all to you. Here's my time. Help me to be a good steward of that time that you've given me, Lord. When it comes to my relationships, I say, God, how can I use this? These relationships are ultimately for you. Listen, the the times that I apologize to my wife most often come on the heels of me spending some time in prayer because God's saying, go fix it. Because at the end of the day, as much as I screw things up, I want this marriage to glorify God. Okay, I want it to honor him. And I don't do that. I screw it up, full disclosure, okay? But I want everything in my life to honor him. And I want it to be submitted to him. So is it in the bucket? Put it in the bucket. That's what it means to follow Christ. And then when it comes to our money, we don't think about, oh, oh some of our money is going to go in the little bucket. It will. Some of you are going to give your tithe, whatever, but you know in your mind it's all in the big bucket. God, this is yours. It's not mine. So God, help me to be a, a faithful steward. It's all his. We're just stewards. So this is my prayer for us.
that every one of us would gain a biblical understanding of our stuff and our things. That we would move from being owners to becoming stewards. And in so, we will see God move in powerful ways in our lives. See, this is my knowledge here as a church. Like, Amber and I, we're your pastors. We're just stewards of this place. This ain't our church. It's his church. And I pray that we will be faithful stewards as long as he gives us the privilege to lead this church. So as we wrap up this morning, I want to, my prayer is for every one of us that we would have a response of some way. If you are a follower of Christ, that we would get into a posture that says, okay, God, help me to think differently. Help me to think differently, not to think about my stuff, but God, may I see this from your perspective. God, may may I be faithful that at the end of my life, may I hear those words, well done, good and faithful. Not successful, not the one who made a splash for it. No, no, the one who was faithful with what you put in my hands. But for some of you, you're here this morning and you would say, I'm not a follower of Christ. Maybe I've gone to church some of my life. Maybe I've been in a tough circumstance. I don't know. But I don't know the hope, the life, and the peace of Christ. I've never submitted. I've never gotten in the bucket, you know. In a few moments... I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. And in a few minutes after that, we're going to actually participate in baptisms. And that's the, big, the best big bucket you're going to find. Because <laughs> what is it saying? Some of you don't even know what baptism is all about. It's saying we go under the water showing that we are dead to ourselves, and we come up alive in Christ. And here's how we do baptism. Everything goes under the water. <laughs> It's not like, oh, we're going to keep this part out of the water. No, the whole shebang goes in the water, okay? We're putting everything in the water and saying, God, it's all yours. I submit to you. My prayer is that that would be what grabs our hearts today. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we thank you so much. You are a good God. You are a good God that, that you gave when you didn't have to. When we were still sinners... You died for us. doesn't make sense to me, but God, we only can respond in gratefulness and thanksgiving. We praise you for that, Lord. And God, I pray uh, that you would do, uh, just do a work in our hearts that we would see more clearly. Father, that we would understand what it is you're calling us to. God, I pray that you would help us to see our time differently. God, that we would be faithful stewards of our time, that you would help us to see our influence rightly, that you would help us to see our relationships rightly, and that you would help us to see our money rightly. God, that we would have the right perspective, and Father, that we would understand, God, we want nothing else but to be faithful to you, Lord Jesus. God, if there's any area in our life right now, I pray by the Holy Spirit, you would speak to our hearts. There's areas that we've just kind of been clutching. We've been holding on to it. God, I pray that we would let it go right now. Say, God, it's yours. We submit to you, Jesus. With every head bow and every eye closed, there's some of you in the room, it's possible you've never made a decision to follow Christ. There's nothing fancy about it. It's, a, it's an important and a critical step to say simply, Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again, and I received the gift of salvation, and I submit my life completely to you. It's the most important step you can ever take, and it's the beginning of a journey that will last for all of eternity. But it has to have a starting point, and I'm praying that today would be that starting point for somebody. If you're here this morning and you want to surrender your life to Jesus and receive the gift of salvation, I want to ask you just to do a simple thing across the room, just to lift a hand, say, that's me. I want to respond to Christ right now. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Across the room, would you? Thank you, Jesus. If you're with us online, I encourage you to respond in your heart. Thank you, Jesus. 
Would you pray with me as I pray? Oh, God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and your goodness. God, we thank you that you are moving in this place, God, that you are drawing us deeper to you. And God, we are desperately in need of you. God, I pray for every person right now who's, who wants to turn their hearts to you. God, I pray that they would acknowledge uh, their need for you, Lord, that they would admit their failure and their brokenness, Lord. God, that they would submit themselves to you completely. And God, receiving the gift of salvation. Lord, I pray that every single one of us, God, that the outcome of, uh, of today would be that we would live more and more in light of the big bucket and not the small bucket. God, that we would surrender all that we are for your glory, that you would have your way in us. We pray that in the name of Jesus. God, may we walk out of this place differently, we pray. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Amen. If you want to make that decision to follow Christ, when the service is over with, I'm going to be right here. I'd love the opportunity to talk with you. I'm going to stand right here when service is over with. Uh, but this morning, we get to close our time together uh, with a time of celebration. And so we have got, uh, I think, eight people getting baptized, seven or eight people getting baptized in this service. So would you give it up when our candidates go ahead and come forward? Where'd my Bible go? No worries. Come on, come on, come on. So uh, we've got, I think, about 14, 15 people getting baptized throughout the day today. And uh, just exciting to see that. But what are these people doing? Why, why are they here? These are people who have said, listen, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm all in, right? I'm not holding anything back. God, I'm all in. I, I believe in Jesus Christ, and I want to surrender my life completely and serve him. And uh, we're just so excited that you've taken this step. And uh, this is a big day. Uh, for some of them, like, they don't like to be in front of people, so this is a big deal. You should just be so happy, right? It's great. Um, but I'm, I'm so proud of them. Each and every one of them represent a story. And that's the beautiful part of the gospel is that uh, it isn't just this mass. God came back for a church, but he also came back for individuals. And he knows these stories. He knows what he, and, and, and God has plans for each one of these lives. And I'm excited to see how this is a part of the journey. We're all on a faith journey. How is this part of the journey of what God is doing in their lives? And uh, so I'm going to invite you guys just to turn toward me, if you would. And I'm going to read an affirmation of faith and just simply ask for you guys to respond. And this is what they are committing to this morning. If you believe that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again on the third day to overcome sin, darkness, and the grave, and if you believe that Jesus is really Lord, the rightful King and ruler of all creation, and if you have surrendered your heart and life to Jesus as your Lord and King and received the gift of salvation, and if you today proclaim that by God's grace you will live as a follower of Jesus, then simply reply, I do. I do. Awesome. Go ahead and turn back out. And I'm going to invite congregation, would you stand across the room? I'm going to invite you just to extend a hand if you're comfortable doing so. We just want to pray over this group. Just extend a hand and join your faith with mine. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing in these lives. From the youngest to the oldest, God, you have plans here. And God, you have called them to yourself. God, you have done a new thing. These are new creations in Christ Jesus. And God, we thank you for that. And we're believing that this will be a part of a journey of continued growth and development. God, that you are not done with them yet. God, you have things in the future. You have visions you want to plant in their heart. And God, I pray that you would awaken those in their lives, Lord. And God, I pray today would be a powerful line in the sand kind of moment in their faith. And Lord, I pray that it would transform their lives, their families, and generations. We ask in the name of Jesus, everybody said.
Amen, amen. You guys can go ahead and head that way. They're going to be getting baptized over here. But around here, if you've never been here for a baptism service, uh, we think it's a celebration. This isn't a funeral, okay? And so we're going to worship, and I encourage you to celebrate, to shout, to scream, and let's celebrate all God's doing as we worship together. Good. I fix my eyes on heaven. 
Jesus, come alive in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for what you have done in this place. God, we thank you for every life that has been transformed. But God, we don't just celebrate theirs. God, we thank you for what you've done in our hearts, what you've done in our life. And God, I pray that we would live day after day after day in the same attitude, God, saying we are all yours. God, have your way. 
Lord, I pray this week that it would change the way we think, that we will have the mindset that you're calling us to, Lord, and that our lives would look different because of that. We pray that in the name of Jesus, everybody said amen, amen. I'm so glad that you guys are with us today. I'm going to invite our prayer team forward at this time. They're going to be up here. If you came and you have a need, you need somebody to pray with you, please do not head that way. Come up this way. We'd love the opportunity to minister you to that way. Otherwise, have a great week. If you're new, stop by our new table. Otherwise, we'll see you next Sunday. Love you guys.